0: Welcome to the Life Self Mastery podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery and I'm excited to have Taylor Neiman, who is the founder of Tukan, uh which is a new language but, uh a Chrome extension uh, which helps you learn language while browsing the uh, browsing the web. Taylor had earlier worked with Fair, Headspace Science and has done a bachelor's in business from Cornell. Welcome to the show Taylor.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So you know um, you're a very interesting journey you know you you went to Cornell and then you worked in, in into startups uh, that own business development partnerships uh, you know Uh, just like you know uh, i've had this journey but what got you interested to get into into this crazy world of startups
1: Uh, yes the very crazy world of tech and startups um i always had so many ideas of businesses i wanted to build products i wanted to use and i just naturally when i was in college gravitated towards tech and really like oh, I can use engineering and teach myself how to code to build products that I want to have them myself. And why I was attracted to tech because I realized I needed to learn first before I could really jump off to build my own companies. And I wanted to be at the ground level at some of the best consumer tech companies in Los Angeles to soak up as much knowledge as possible and also give back value to the companies I was working for too.
0: Got it. And you know how, how did you uh, you know get your get your first break in in business development and partnerships? And did that did that role of you know partnerships and business development really help you uh, you know reach your goal today?
1: Yes. So my first real role in tech was working at Headspace. Um, I that's where I met one of my now founders, too, Brandon Dietz. He was really leading product over there. And we got in at the ground floor at Headspace. We were some of the earliest employees there. And why I decided to work in partnerships and business development is because when you're there that early, that role is very general. Like you are touching all parts of the business, just all hands on deck. And I saw that as the most opportune way to soak up knowledge, see what being in a high growth tech company is like, especially if I wanted to do that myself one day on the founder side. And what was really interesting there um, is that my specialty within growth was not on the paid acquisition side. What I built my career off of is how do I scale these high-growth tech companies without paid acquisition, right? With partnerships or new business units and verticals. And I was really able to to build that muscle while I was at Headspace, while we were helping them grow and really um, become like a really great product that people used all across the world and the globe.
0: Got it. And, uh, you know, I've I've been... uh... Uh, you know, using products like you know Calm, Headspace, uh, Duolingo also, but uh, you know all the all these uh, products are, are habit forming. Uh, you know, experiences. Yeah. You know, wh- what What were your learnings when uh, during Headspace, and uh, you know how do you how do you build uh, products, and you know how how do some of the founders have built products which are habit forming? Uh, you know, habit forming experiences.
1: Yeah. So it's very interesting that you pointed this out because. A lot of the companies we worked at were habit-forming companies, and that was one of the key insights that we had for Toucan um, because we saw firsthand how hard it was to even steal 10 minutes of people's time because everyone is so busy. And when you try to steal time from people's day, you're not just competing against Friends, family, work, and school, but also Netflix, Spotify, TikTok, Clubhouse, Headspace, and everything and anything. And so, with all of our learnings, building those habit forming companies and using all of the techniques that you do within a product. We decided with Toucan, we actually didn't want to play that game. And instead, we wanted to intentionally layer on top of existing behaviors to meet people where they already are throughout the flow of their day. And that's how we landed on a browser extension as our first product vertical.
0: Yeah, no, I think think that is... Uh, very interesting that you, you know, you build it over Chrome extension. And, uh, you know, what, what is, what is the easy way to, to build habits? You know, is, is it true it takes 21 days or 90 days to to build habits? If somebody wants to learn, you know, language, uh, or, you know, uh, over, over time. Period.
1: Yeah. So one of the key techniques we used while we were at Headspace was trying to pair it with another activity that you already do every day. So if you brush your teeth in the morning with hopefully everyone does naturally, then right after you're brushing your teeth, you're going to sit down to meditate or however you meditate yourself. So then you're pairing an existing activity with that new one to integrate it better into your life. Um, But it is really hard to do. And the people that do do it consistently are then better set up to have that habit within their life long term.
0: Got it. and and uh, you know uh, Duolingo and Calm are great apps, but like uh, you know, it's difficult to to stick to uh, Duolingo uh, and Calm. and you know, uh, and a lot of these you know courses are, are not even completed. Uh, especially when it comes to to Duolingo and and Calm. it's difficult to to stick through uh, uh, through the length of the course. Uh, so you know why is it so difficult to uh, to stick on to these courses you know somebody well does somebody really need to have those internal uh, drive to to learn a to learn a language to complete the entire course or what what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah so i think everyone has really good intentions starting out right, right. even right. if you just think about um it's the new year in january you have a new year resolution you want to start going to the gym Right. And you go to the gym in January, you'll see that it's packed. So many people are there. But then by the time February comes, not that many people are going anymore that you notice as you look around, like even with the best of intentions and the highest drive, um, we're not necessarily setting people up for success right now. Like the highest drive people, maybe 1%, um, but then there's the remaining 99% of us that really have good intentions, but can't find that time to do it every single day, but really do want to. Uh, And so with Toucan, we're trying to really solve that, solve that time piece, because we know how hard it is to build that into your everyday routine.
0: And, um, you know, uh, I I happen to see that, you know, uh, Toucan was, uh, you know, one of the uh, top five uh, uh, apps on on product hunt. Uh, uh, You know, uh, could you talk about, you know, how did you reach product market fit? And how did you come to know that, you know, people are really liking uh, the product and, uh, you know, uh, what are the product that you're working on is, is successful now?
1: Yeah, so the first version of Toucan was so ugly. It was beautiful. And it was a terrible user experience. But we just wanted to test, is there something here? And we've always been very great about testing quickly, challenging our assumptions, getting the product in front of users as fast as possible. And so that first version was we translated the word the Every single time you saw it on your browser into Spanish, like terrible. You probably wouldn't want to use this this extension every day, but we got it in front of strangers. I had strangers install it when this was pre-COVID time. I would go to a coffee shop, ask them to install Toucan, saw what they did, ask them questions to even see if is there magic here when we change out words and phrases and immerse themselves in learning while they're browsing the web. And we started getting really interesting insight, building out hypotheses, proving things right or wrong. And even when we prove something wrong, the idea still got bigger so that we knew that something really big here was with Toucan. And then you hit it on the head like people absolutely adore Toucan. And the biggest feedback we still get today is they want more words and phrases and more moments of learning with with us throughout their day. And I've never heard students or adults ask for more homework ever, right? And so I think we're definitely doing something right by meeting people where they are and also having these moments of delight as they're on Reddit, New York Times, Google, um, and interacting with us.
0: Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions and making your days calmer. And more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of fifteen percent off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has twenty percent discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. How did you create most of your growth? Uh, is it all organic, or did you really look at you know paid acquisition, or or did you look at some partnership channels to uh, to grow uh, most of your user base?
1: Yeah. So we've been growing purely organic today. Our biggest growth is word of mouth. Like people tell other people about, tell other people about Toucan and just this word of mouth virality that we have. Um, But we also amplify that on the partnership side. So working closely with Google, because right now we're on the Chrome store, we're launching on on Safari. So working with Apple to be able to amplify the two ecosystems that we exist in. Um, But also we have like a very fun um, partnership mindset where we looked at our product where there was a ton of words and phrases there. And we decided what if we gave people a piece of the dictionary that they could own. And that's how we launched this own the word concept where if you see the word coffee and it's translated in line cafe or whatever language you're learning, you could hover over it and see that morning brew newsletter owns that word And whenever someone buys a word, we give them a link that they can share across social, telling them that they own this word, which is just a fun thing to say. And that drives even more eyeballs into Toucan. And our own the word feature is really a partnership playground.
0: Correct, And, uh, you know, I want to talk about uh, your monthly active uh, users. I think you've uh, just recently crossed 50,000 active users. Um, You know, uh, what are some of the strategies that you use to get your first 1,000 active users? And, uh, you know, uh, can you talk more about your, uh, you know, uh, some of the active uh, monthly, uh, monthly active users you have on the platform right now?
1: Yeah. So the first thousand was me being very scrappy along with my co-founders and our early team talking to as many strangers as possible, getting them installed, doing things that do not scale. Um, The next channel that we saw work really well was Twitter. I had never used Twitter really before. One of my friends convinced me to. that is also a founder in tech. And I just started tweeting every day, once a day. And that not only started getting us valuable user feedback to help on that quick iteration cycle, but also new users, new eyeballs into Tucan that were organically coming to us. Um, the other thing that we did too, especially as we um, started raising our initial venture funds, is partnering with other extensions. Like Extensions are really unique that if you have one extension installed, you're more likely to install another one. So, working with the honeys of the world, the dark readers of the world, Grammarly's of the world, um, bring them on not only as investors but also how can we partner with them?
0: You know, interestingly, you point about Twitter. Uh, I've, I've been, uh, you know, before the call we talked about it as part of the on deck uh, in a uh, you know podcast inaugural you know, uh, fellowship, and I've been trying to use Twitter and YouTube to to grow my podcast. Any uh, advice on people who? Uh, want to grow on their Twitter following and you know reach out to more investors. I, I understand that you reached out to Sampar. Uh, I mean, he he invested into, into your company. That I think happened to Twitter, but uh, I've seen some great engagement on your Twitter profile. Any advice for us and for listeners on how do you increase uh, your engagement on Twitter?
1: Yeah, so I've learned some things along the way. Um, the first thing being being consistent. So I just said. I know that I can only commit really to sending one tweet a day, but I make sure that happens every single day, Um, whether or not there is engagement, but any type of engagement that there are, I'll, I'll respond to everything and just like really building those relationships with anyone that's engaging with me so that then hopefully they're likely to engage back and twitter has this really amazing algorithm that anyone that's liking or commenting or engaging back and forth it's showing up in all of their followers feeds too um so every engagement back is really powerful so i think those are the two key pieces But you're right, like it's so, that's how Sam Parr found us and then became an investor from the hustle. Also, it's how Baron Davis, who's a two-time NBA all-star, found out about Toucan. Like I didn't know Baron, but he found out about Toucan, tweeted about us. That one tweet sent so much traffic to our website that it brought it down and then it slid into my DMs and we started talking and he became an investor right after that.
0: Right, right. The, no, I think that's, that's so interesting. Uh, and you, you, know, you also had, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of other, uh, funding, especially from, uh, GSU Ventures, Wonder Ventures, Golden Ventures, uh, Lies Ventures, and other, you know, strategic angel, uh, ventures. Now, what was, what was your learning when you looking at raising funding, uh, as well as building product at the the same time. Obviously, there there are a lot of other things that you were looking at. What what are some of the learnings when you were trying to reach out to uh, angel investors and VCs uh, at the same time?
1: Yeah, so something we've done very strategically is build relationships with investors even before we need the capital um, because at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. Um, And so... When we started Tucan with that really um, terrible MVP that we had, I was already meeting with Series A investors, right? And we hadn't even raised our first round of funding because I knew that if I shared my vision for for Tucan and all the amazing things that we were going to do, but then we talked to them again two years from now or catch up six months from then, and they saw us executing on everything that we said we were going to do. When we went out to go fundraise, that would make those conversations that much easier. And and the other piece, too, is um, asking founders for warm intros to their investors that they know and respect. Um, It's something that we did that worked really well too. getting that warm intro into then starting to build a relationship on your own
0: right Very interesting you know because you said that you're building the, the product but you're always speaking to you know series a uh, investors i think uh, listeners who looking into into build companies uh, they would they would uh, you know take a take a lesson from that and uh, you know uh, you, you your product is still a chrome extension uh, do you think chrome extensions can be a billion dollar company
1: look at honey it's a 4 billion dollar company yeah I think Chrome extensions are so interesting because the entire extension ecosystem is completely overlooked and untapped. Right. And there was a lot of education that I even had to do with investors around how big of an opportunity this is. If we didn't even touch mobile, which we will, because our whole thesis is layering on top of existing people behaviors, meaning people where they are. So that includes web, it includes mobile, it includes the physical world with AR, where you're walking down the street with crazy cool contact lens or snap spectacles. But even if we just focused on the web that could be a massive business in itself. And I think Honey proved that out. Um, Ryan Hudson, who's one of the co-founders, is an investor in Toucan. And I always talk to him about this. Is that No one really, truly believed in them and that they could build a massive business off of the web. And they, ha- they struggled with raising funding. But now look at where they were able to go with what they've built and even just that focus.
0: I, no, I think uh, this is super interesting. But when it comes to Chrome and extensions, uh, are you super reliant on Google uh, Chrome extension uh, or uh, where does most of the you know traffic come from?
1: Yeah, so we just have a Google Chrome extension right now. But next week, we're already launching our Safari extension. And then we'll fast follow that up with Firefox and then Edge. But Chrome really does dominate the extension market. Um, but it is interesting to see that Apple and the rest of the browsers are really leaning into the extension side. I think Safari only launched last year to, to support extensions because they see that it's a massive like opportunity. Um, but also it's a way to differentiate browsers against each other.
0: Got it. And uh, you know, uh, you know, what what are some of your thoughts on uh imposter syndrome uh and you know, uh, and can it be harnessed uh, for court Because uh, uh, you know uh, you have been trying to trying to solve a billion dollar comp- uh, billion dollar problem. But uh, how how do you look at uh, you know uh, imposter syndrome?
1: Oh, all the time, right? I, this is the first I have. This is the fourth company I've tried to build. Build okay. three failures already under my belt. This is the first company we're building that's venture-backed and on the path to really have that amazing opportunity um, to keep building something that really impacts a ton of people. But happens all the time. I've never been a CEO before. This is the first time I'm a CEO with 12 full-time employees, and we're going to keep scaling. Um, there's always things that I feel insecure about or that I want to learn, and that's why I've surrounded myself with amazing founders, mentors, investors that have done this before that I can lean on and get advice. And I'm also fairly competitive. I've played competitive sports my whole life. So if I was going to do this, like I'd bet on myself any day. And even though I don't know everything yet, I know that I can learn it. And as long as I ask and put my hand up, like telling people, if I don't know something, I can learn. And I think that humility and being really humble about like I don't know everything, and that's actually okay. No one should expect me as a first time CEO to know everything, but I'm also very eager to learn, and I really want to.
0: So, have an interesting stat for you to you denote know that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use- slash social pilot to get a 14day free trial very nice and uh, you know how, how do you approach you know uh, head versus heart when it comes to 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 decision making uh, or do you do you do you do you look at your intuition or do you look at uh, you know your data when it comes to making decisions
1: yep. i think it's a mix right of intuition experience um also what users are telling you but also the data because sometimes even Even something as simple as product feedback, what a user is telling you might not actually be what they're trying to tell you. They might be trying to talk about something else. So pairing that with data and different ways um, to reason with things. I think it will always be a mix, um, but we definitely leverage data a ton to make decisions to make sure it's balancing each other out.
0: Got it. and uh, you know uh, I, I couldn't help but look in, into your Twitter feed I, I understand that you're also coming up with Hindi uh, and, and Japanese uh, as, as some of the languages coming on uh, on tucon but uh, what, what are the uh, languages that you're targeting and which, which is the biggest uh, language uh, you know people, I mean the biggest user base uh, where you know people really want to learn the language.
1: Yeah, so we support seven languages right now. We have Spanish, Portuguese, French, German, Italian, Korean, and we just launched Japanese. Um, Spanish is for sure our number one, but also the moment we launched Korean, that quickly became number two for us. And you're right, we're preparing to launch Hindi, um, Mandarin, also Hebrew and Arabic. But not only that, we're going to be launching English this next month. And I think that's going to be massive, like not just English to Hindi, but Hindi back to English, like being able to internationalize Toucan. Um, because learning English is such a big opportunity in that language learning space.
0: Got it. And, uh, you know, uh, who, who, who would you think are, are your uh, most important audience? Do you think it's university students uh, who are looking to, to learn the language?
1: So the way we look at our core audiences, it's split. Um, half of our audience are students. So think high school students, college students, they are taking time out of their day to learn. So they might have a class, they might be using mobile apps, whatever that might be. And Tucan is a tool that they're using to accelerate all that learning, make sure it's reinforced, make sure they're continuing to learn on and on. Then the other half of our audience are full-time professionals in front of their computers all the time. They do not take time out of their day to learn. Like they might have bought a book, but it sits on the shelf. They might have downloaded apps. They never open them. And Toucan is the only tool that they are using to learn and to learn every single day, which is too really interesting to think from a ripple effect standpoint. Like with most of our users on that audience segment, we're the only thing that they're using to learn new things.
0: And, um, you know, I wanted to uh, know what, uh, how do you, how do you look at your retention metrics and well, wh- what is most important success metric for you? Is it uh, how many people have, uh, you know, used your product and, you know, been daily active or how, how do you, how, what's your not star metric uh, if yeah. I may ask?
1: So we want to see, are people learning, but also are they learning every single day? So that piece, and our magic moment and what we consider that is, Are they seeing inline translations as they're browsing? And also how many are they they seeing that day? Like that is what we're optimizing for. I think you mentioned retention. Retention is such an important metric because if you're just trying to scale, but your retention is terrible, you have a leaky bucket problem that you need to fix and you have not hit product market fit. What's really cool about Toucan is our retention metrics are world-class like day seven retention for our users is already over 80%. 80% like that is wild from a consumer tech perspective, especially if you've seen other product metrics and we still think we can improve that to go way higher. And so users are downloading Toucan. They're staying and they're learning every single day. Um, and that's really what we're looking at. We're looking at retention. We're looking at engagement and with those two combined, that helps propel growth higher.
0: Got it. And, and, and uh, are there other content verticals that you also plan to get into other than language?
1: So our big vision for Toucan, I mentioned a little bit about the product vertical side. So meeting people where they are, right? Dominating the web that now naturally extends to mobile layer on top of mobile browsing, but the most popular social apps, messaging apps. I mentioned the physical world, right? Where you're wearing Google Glass or contact lens and you see a subway station sign or a restaurant menu that's triggering these same micro moments of learning. But then we also have the content vertical side. Like we are going to be laser focused on languages for the next 12 to 24 months because that has so much there on its own. But our technology is open-ended enough that if we did want to extend into science or history or sports trivia or venture capital lingo, anything that you really want to learn, we could surface that up with Toucan. And so when you're thinking big vision, we're not only meeting people where they are, but we're also teaching you whatever you want to learn where you are in your day.
0: it right. and um, you know, how, how, uh, how do you plan to monetize uh, the product uh, uh, on on the Chrome extension, uh, do you do you gatewall the, the 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 Chrome extension?
1: Yep. So we have a freemium subscription. So mm-hmm. you could use Toucan forever for free if you want to, but if our users really want to learn more or learn faster, that's where we put that pinch point for you to upgrade to subscribe. It's our highest density tier, which means even more words that you can learn as you're browsing with us as well as some of our super um, high intent features like our highlight to translate. You get unlimited uses of that, our mini games, our quizzing feature also behind that paywall. And then the, the way we've been able to monetize to the free side of our audience is with own the word. Um, so where companies and brands are buying words and phrases within the Toucan product, um, they're paying a weekly subscription to be able to hold, hold that ownership of it.
0: Got it. Uh, now, Taylor, I just quickly uh, want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book?
1: Business book? The Trillion Dollar Coach um, by Campbell. So good. And also talks into like how to be a really good leader.
0: Got it. And, you know, if you could go back in time when you start building Toucan, uh, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently?
1: when we first started building Toucan keep going (laughs) i i think it it might actually go with the the imposter syndrome right like don't doubt yourself like we were on to something really amazing um and we we kept going but those moments of doubts you have as a founder are like really hard because you're building your passion project that you believe in so much and when you start exposing to the world what that is, um, there's going to be positive and negative feedback, and that's okay. Like the criticism is good too. It all only makes you become a better founder, but also build a
0: better product. All right. And do you do you have any favorite online tools? Example: Gmail, Slack, Zoom. Uh,
1: those are classics. Yes, Grammarly. I use Grammarly all the time. Saves me a ton of spelling errors and also grammar errors when I'm when I'm typing out emails.
0: Got it. And, uh, you know, i got another one for you because uh, you've been into partnership and business development. Any advice for me and people like me who've been on the business side on how do you go to the product side and start building, uh, you know, companies? Uh, how, uh, w- w- what, is, w- what are some of your lessons on how do you start building and coding the product?
1: Yeah. So two things here. One, just like download and play with as many products as you can. Like even the non-brand name products, like see what other people are doing, what's working, what's not working, because there's really interesting things that people like build that not ever like really go to mass market, but there can be interesting inspiration that you take from there and just get your your brain jogging on interesting product ideas too. And the the coding side is I think is really valuable. Like I taught myself how to code with YouTube videos which is, yes, I'm a major nerd. Not many people do that, but I wanted to be dangerous enough to build any idea I had to then recruit way, way better engineers than I was, but also to be able to speak that lingo, right? With my engineering team, with our product team, um, because I not only get that credibility, but I can also now be on the same level as any conversation happening in the room.
0: I think uh, that is very insightful. Um, Now, Taylor, what is the best way people can reach out to you and uh, know more about Toucan?
1: Yeah, so Toucan's found at jointoucan.com, but I'm also super active on Twitter at Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R underscore Neiman, N-I-E-M-A-N. Give Toucan a try. I love user feedback. Reach out, DM me. Um, Would love to chat with anyone.
0: Yeah, uh, Taylor, thank you so much for your time. I, I really enjoyed my conversation with you.
1: Of course, thank you so much for having me and thank you everyone for even listening too.
0: Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery podcast where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.